So if you're digging for a living as you listen to this podcast, you know there's no better skid steers and mini excavators than Kubota. Victoria's number one Kubota construction dealer is Supergroups. You won't dig up a better deal. Full on service, no empty promises. Supergroups.com.au Collingwood coach is Nathan Buckley. He's here live in the studio. Nathan, good morning. G'day, Sam. How was uh, the dinner last night? Yeah, it was not too bad. Yeah. Take the mandatory bottle of wine under the arm, just just so that you can capture that on um, on camera and not be a <laughs> tight ass. Um, hand that over and a few beers and a, and a and a bit of a chat about plenty of things. State of the game, um, the challenge of uh, that AFL um, has in the you know probably in the interests of of society and the public, and you know what that means to broadcast arrangements. Um, Obviously, the you know the way that the game's adjudicated, the way that it um, is perceived, and the way that we believe, you know, that group of people believes that it is going to be played at its optimum. So, yeah, there's there's always um, quite stimulating conversation. It was very philosophical early. It was bigger picture stuff, like how would we handle an Israel Folau situation? Wow, is you know, where's our level of tolerance? Adam Goods, um, you know, do we? Um, uh, are we proactive with that from a, um, um, you know, from a, a perspective of being transparent with uh, how we would handle situations like that? Where does gambling stack up against, you know, so uh, Jaden Stevenson's um, situation against the illicit drugs policy? Um, and, you know, one's a slap on the wrist or is a, is a welfare Situation and the other one is you know, beca- becomes an integrity situation, which is which is key. So those you know they, they were a bit of a snapshot of of um you know of a couple of hours or three hours that I was there, but yeah, you know, it's just good to get you know guys that are in a similar situation as you, other senior coaches, and um you know, Reece Shaw and David Teague were there, you know, and and that's a very different scenario for them, you know, having you know either for for half a dozen weeks or for or for a month, in, in Teague's case, you know, having taken the reins, but then representing their clubs at, at a dinner like that, it's it's a bit surreal for, for those boys, as it is for any first-time attendee. But to get those guys that have got such a passion for the game in the room together... All 18 there? Well, no, no. None, uh, Leon Cameron came down. Okay. Um, uh, was an interstate uh, representative. Um, Dewey was a laid out. Um, and uh, Goody was crook, but every all the other Victorian boys clubs were represented, and um, yeah, so it's it's just basically you know who can get there, and that's it's pretty hard for the interstate guys. So it's even though we publicise it as a coaches' dinner, it's um, you know it's it's if you can get there, it's, it's just goodwill, um, chance to chew the fat and see if there's any key issues that need to uh, come out of it. Okay, so we'll get the finer details out of the way first. No, that was it. Who, <laughs> who <laughs> just t- gave you all of it? Who turned up? Empty-handed. There's always one. Um, no, I didn't. No, I didn't see that. And and I, I think if you're asking for any positive feedback, I'll give you that. I'll, I'll hold the the negative stuff. You know, that doesn't need to go. Is that right? Yeah, that doesn't need to go to it. And there there isn't any negative stuff. What are we looking? Why did you ask that? Why did you want to know that? Who turned up empty-handed? Yeah, that's funny. No one did. No There's one did. Always someone. The, the, do you understand that the, the senior coaching panel, the people that we are, the, there are a lot of good people that do that job, you know, even though that there's, there's criticism that comes with it and there's challenges and you're not always going to win, unfortunately, you're not always going to be having your team humming, um, that 
that general that generally the quality of person in that role is actually quite high. So I don't doubt any of that. So I'm not <laughs> even going to buy into it. Um, the the first part of what you said this morning was um, what the game looks like. You know, the state of the game, yeah. broadcasters, coaches. So um, the AFL came out and said last week that since the new rules have come in, yes, um, the games are closer. More games are decided by under four goals. Yep. And the stat was that 76% of total game time, the margin is 12 points or less. Yeah. And, that, and that's up from um, just above, I think it was 71% yep. last year, and that's come up from mid-60s over the last couple of years. So it, um, without asking it in a disrespectful way to the game, yep. do coaches care about that? Your job is to win. I know there is a, a, a side part to look after the state of the game, but... Your well, job I, isn't well, for I had fans. A, I, had a, I, I just stepped out of a meeting with um, with Steve Hocking, um, uh, David Rath, and Damien Farrow, who are you know that's this morning three very yep. intelligent men. And my impre- yes, so just twenty minutes ago, my impression of all I can say to the fans of the game is that the decisions that are being made up top in AFL house at the moment on how the game is going to progress on how it is go- the the elements that, that we all love that are going to be optimized so we want to see we want to see the talent shine we want to see the players with great attributes whether it's strength speed skill um, athleticism we want to see that come to the fore so that's one part of it uh, we want to see you, you want to see um, an even contest as much as you possibly can but Really, that's less to do with the, the rules as it is to do with the way that you know, lists are managed or clubs are supported to create those lists and coached. Um, but the, 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 the positive elements of the game, what I can say is that these guys, they're very intelligent men. They all love the game and they are making decisions based on data. On real, on real things. Like they, they have a, they have, they have a great eye, but they also are, they're not just relying on their, sub, their their subjective opinions. There's empirical evidence. They are getting evidence to say right. And from say for the centre bounce change, for instance, what I saw this morning is that there's a that the, the the scoring in the first minute after a centre bounce that there's been a bubble created, like that we are seeing greater scoring within a minute of a centre bounce compared to previous years. And it's gone back to where it was for uh, as an average of football over the last, you know, 50, 60 years. After that, it comes back. It regresses back to, you know, probably less less likelihood to score. Um, so that, bu- that, that zoning that has been created from centre bounce, which I was against, I have to say, it, it is. It's actually worked in regards to scoring. It's worked in regards to keeping the game open for for longer for the next sort of sixty to ninety seconds, um, which is a positive. So now that I suppose the next thing is to work out is can you create that for a, a defensive fifty stoppage or a forward fifty stoppage, um, and can you mandate something around mid stoppages to to keep? But mid stoppages at the moment, are, I think, are more open than they've been five years ago and. Yeah, there's there's some feedback that they would get from clubs, and I gave some feedback around why I reckon you should go get some data around this. See, do that same scoring regression in the next minute after a stoppage. Are we scoring? Are we more likely to score now than we were five years ago? Because I feel like there's greater greater scores from stoppage now than there was five years ago, and that 
potentially it is because half of the sides now aren't keeping a spare defender behind the ball. Um, having said that, Fremantle had a spare defender behind the ball for West Coast and West Coast scored from stoppage relentlessly. So, um, but I think... Um, I think that the, the the game is in great hands, and the, and and if I'm a supporter of the AFL, and I was ab- actually privy to be able to you know sit in the last hour that I just sat in, these guys are these guys are going about it the right way, and they and the and the decisions that are made now will benefit the game for the next five, ten, fifty years. I've no doubt, and the AFL have to be commended with the process that they've gone down, getting the right people in the right places to make the right decisions, and I think umpiring will improve as a result. Um, the, the process of umpiring, of thickening the soup, of having more more on the panel and improving the standard of umpiring, I think we can make it easier for them from a laws perspective. But that and the game itself, I, it, the, the product will be better for, for the process that the AFL have gone through over the last couple of years and will continue to go through going forward. So just reading between the lines, should we be expecting over the next few years more change? With the rules, I think there will be yeah, clearly there will there will always be change. Like I've always been, I've always been keen on moratorium. Like a like, don't make any changes for three years and let things settle and gather data and and then make decisions based on what you need to make decisions based on. I mean, we're looking at sixteen rounds of footy right now on centre bounce and thinking that that's that's empirical and it might be it might be fine it might be the the data all the data that you need. Um, but a full season will be handy and there'll be times when, you know, there'll be reasons and influences that can change that. Personnel, probably the main one, because in the end, once you've got the bodies in the space, it is, it's, it's a steady state. You know, centre bounce is one of the few steady state situations. 4v4 in the middle, two wingers on either, so- on either side in different parts along a, along a 50 metre square and the 6v6. Um, there's even more scoring happening. When you lose the centre bounce, you're more likely to score on rebound as well. With because this, the numbers with, are more even. Well, well the, the argument earlier was that if you can't have an extra back there, well, then you're not going to be able to bounce the ball out as much. But because there's been more space, even with even numbers, if there's more space, then you can actually, you can actually rebound the ball and score. After losing centre bounce, go back and score. So... It improves scoring. We all want to see scoring occur better, but you know, transitions the one that that is is going to be the challenge because there's um, there's a lot of density in transition, and there's probably a bit of ball security that is creeping into the game, and that looks like it's at the detriment of risk. Um, and yeah, that's it's it'll be constantly changing, and 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 all of us will have different opinions on that, what we want to see, and and what we want to feel. When I say all of us, anyone that loves footy. Um, but as, as I said, that, that it's in the right hands. It's in the right hands and the right data has been collected and the right people are being asked and I think we've got the right people in the right uh, uh, decision-making positions. So what was the conversation last night in as far as the responsibility that the coaches have for the game? Uh, yeah, well, no, that wasn't that wasn't covered last night in, in, as such. But um, um, I think the responsibility that we feel, I mean, it's, it's evident. You know, you've got guys that actually love the game of footy, the guys that feel very fortunate to um, to be able to live their dreams and passions through this through the sport. I mean, that's and that's evident. You look around the room, like there's, you, I don't reckon, you, there's many blokes that love footy more than the senior coaches. You have to. And, and they're passionate about their people. They're passionate about their football clubs. 
You're passionate about winning as well. You want well, to stop absolutely. the opposition from yeah, scoring. So your question initially started, like, can you trust a coach to, to, to have the best interests of the game at heart when, you, when fundamentally you want to win? I can tell you categorically, I sat in there for an hour um, with with the, the guys from the AFL this morning, and and I I was just I was thinking about you know what would make the game better, good, like and then and I think in the end I I, you know, I don't deny I had I had thoughts to go okay well if you did that what would we do if we you know, I'll say if you had if you had, if you say you centralised. Um, Stoppages in a in a for, in a defensive fifty or a forward fifty, and then said that you could only have even numbers in it. So it's, so it's nine v nine or ten v ten. How would you coach around that? So I'm, I'm like, if that if we were we we're throwing that open and just spitballing that and saying, okay, well if that happened, well then, you know, some sides would like that. Uh, would it mean that that you would that you would enter into your forward fifty in a more central? Position, or would you, or would it stop you from going wider? Yeah. And I, because it might be easier for the opposition to bounce out of a central stoppage. And I go, well, no, you'd, you'd still enter, enter in wide and get the stoppage so that you could go and have a ball up 25, 30 metres out from goal and take the even numbered chance. So all of those things get thrown around, but you, you can't help but coach or think like a coach or how you would actually take advantage of a rule or how it would work for you with your personnel. But the fact is that, um, yeah, we all love the game and we want to see the game prosper. Nathan Buckley is here thanks to the brand new Mornington Telstra store. Shop 23, Mornington Central. Pop in and see Peter and his wonderful team. We're going to come back and ask you about your team and what's been going on and how you turn things around. I just want to ask you one last one at the coaches' yeah. dinner. Did, have you had a conversation with Luke Beveridge since the comments? Yeah, yeah. We just uh, Bevo was the second coach in. Okay. Uh, and uh, Yeah, and I just said to him, I said, oh, look, I thought my comments, because I, I just read about after they beat Port said that he referenced it yeah that they yeah that the comments weren't true and I said well it was like a 45 second conversation with a little bit of laugh in it and just said look I, like they were true to me mate like I was talking about my team and I when I um when I was in the presser I said I don't want to disrespect the Bulldogs but and I said it's that old classic anything you say before but, but yeah yep. doesn't get ignored and he said well, and he Referenced the the press conference after Port Adelaide and said, "Yeah, I was led into a little bit and said I, I really wasn't wasn't trying to be critical, but I was saying from our perspective that I thought we actually played all right. You know, it wasn't just you blokes playing poorly that we actually played all right, and so that all happened in forty seconds. So it's not a, it, that's that's about as much time as it needed because I think we yeah, we don't get caught up in the in the way that things are manipulated or sensationalised when it hits the when it hits the air, um, much. <laughs> but uh, it's good to it's good to get face to face. And 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 honestly, if we if, if I think that the the coaches are in a position where if there was something that was really, if there was a stone in the shoe somewhere, we just you just pick up the phone and go. And I've done that. I've done that before. You, just, you pick up the phone and go, "Is this? You know, have we got an issue here? Are we got a problem here? Is is this okay? Or like, are you okay? Uh, do we need to address this? You know, only a couple of times over my eight years, but um, yeah, no, we're, we're decent people, mate. We there's no there's not um, there's no schoolyard bullying going on. There's no um, yeah, it's not tit for tat. 
you know, it's not what people would think it is. So there's a lot of respect amongst the fraternity. Welcome back to the show. Collingwood coach Nathan Buckley is live in the studio. We've just spent the first quarter of an hour talking about the coach's dinner last night. Um, I forgot to ask you, what, what was in the menu? What, what was the main course in here? A lot, of, a lot of red meat. It was a very, very manly, masculine menu. So if you were, of, if you were a vegan, you're in bit trouble? A chur- bit of chorizo with, you know, just with a bit of mushroom on the side, and then there was a bit of uh, lamb, a, bit, a lot of lamb if you were, off the spit. It was nice. If you were master chef, what would you be giving out of 10? Oh, it, was, it, was, it was quality. It was 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10? Yeah. That's high. It's a 9. <laughs> <laughs> um, the magpies. Can I just ask you before um, we talk about your form and how you arrested? Mm-hmm. When you go into a press conference after a game mm-hmm. and the blood's pumping and there's a lot of adrenaline, I assume, do you know, do you calculate that, right, I'm going to publicly call out my players tonight for some incidents that I thought, and I'm not quoting you here, but you essentially paraphrasing, you said that there were efforts that were soft physically. Yeah, no, I didn't say that, but yeah. But that's what you were meaning. You can... Disagree with that if you want. No, no, well, but but I've had, you know, I have words put into my mouth all the time. No, that's I, fair. I said what I said, and if people listen to the context of it, then that's what I meant. Yeah, you said there were uh, incidents where physically you didn't live up to your standards. Yeah, that we weren't as hard yep. in the contest as as we um, pride ourselves on. So. Um, that was two weeks ago. Yep. Did you know that you were going to say that? Did you make a conscious decision to... Well, I'd, Do that before you I'd, I'd like to think that um, the best way to address something is to be honest, and it's not brutal honesty; it's just honesty. It's and um, and I wouldn't um, I wouldn't say anything in that forum that I hadn't shared with the players that I hadn't shared with the players, or that that that, that wasn't discussed. Um, so you'd never blindside the them? No, well, yep. I'd like to. Th- I mean, I'm not, and I'm not perfect either with that. Um, there's, 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 there's so many, um, there are so many considerations when you are speaking to, when, when I'm speaking to the press, fundamental, Lee Matthews always, you know, he taught me this in, in conversations with him. You're, you're, you were always talking to your players. Your players are always listening and you're really, you're always talking to your players through the press. And I don't use the press to talk to my players, but the, whenever I am speaking publicly on behalf of the football club or behalf of the team, um, I, I'm very conscious that I'm saying something that I would say to the faces of mm. all of our players. Um, so, um, it, and you don't always get it right. You don't always hit the right mark and you don't always pull the right lever. Um, and if if that was as if that was transparent for everyone, and win loss isn't necessarily the the best guide on whether you're pulling the right lever or not, because there's clubs are in different circumstances. But if if that was transparent, I think there'd be a lot more scrutiny on coaches than there is now. Even you know, I think most of the scrutiny on coaches is largely around your win loss, um, where there are other factors that actually have a, a really significant influence to the final result. Um, and and you can have a really effective coach, but not be not be getting you know the the win loss might not look great, and you can have a really you can have a, co- a coach who's potentially not as effective, senior coach or a, or a coaching group that is not as effective, but a playing group that just picks up and and finds a finds their mojo together. So, 
I think it's very hard to um, to uh, not speculate or to to measure you know, mm. something like an uttering you know, to a press conference. Yeah, we'll continue with Nathan Buckley after news with Meredith. How do you arrest the last couple of weeks? Thirty-five and thirty-six inside fifties, respectively. Yep. In the last two weeks, does the is it too simplistic to say that the root of the problems start in the midfield? Um, no, it's not. I mean, it's it. I mean, s- simply, we need to get the ball in our forward line more. Um, if you um, if you look at those numbers, but yeah, you know, th- like there's yeah, we, we've there's multifactorial. There's plenty of reasons we're we're, we're sort of probably not hitting targets quite as well. Um, yeah, two weeks ago was an outlier in regards to stuff around the contest and clearance, and you know, we we remedied that last week. Um, but yeah, we, we've. Um, we we had an uncharacteristic performance two weeks ago. We lost a close game um, uh, last week, and and we go across and, and play West Coast, and ultimately, you know, we can back an ounce and and sort of and cut it to bits and and have a look at what we what we did or did not do. But yeah, you know, we've got a really strong sense of who we are. Uh, we know what our best footy looks like. Uh, we haven't forgotten that. We we come up against some pretty good opponents in the next couple of weeks, so we're we're. Fast forward, looking looking to the opportunity, you know, on Friday night to, to challenge ourselves against, um, you know, a side that are in really good nick at the moment, the Premiers of last year, and and a side that have beaten us the last four times we played them. Does your best footy, Nathan, uh, look faster? There's been some criticism in the last week or two. I think Matthew Lloyd on Footy Classified um, last night talked about the stagnant ball movement from mm. defence. Yeah, if you're not if you're not doing the basics well, if you're not hitting targets, it's really hard to. Put any chains together, so I think that you know, our intent was a lot better last week. Um, and when you're not winning contests too, it does put you on the back foot. When you, when the the the, the simple issue around a game of football is is are you harder and cleaner than the opposition? And you will get games where teams are quite evenly matched. You'll get games where one edges another, and then you'll get a game. You'll get games where one smashes the other. In 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 the contest, in that harder and cleaner element, if it's in whether whether it's a stoppage or whether it's after a, a marking contest and there's a ground level ball, um, and we were we were smashed against North Melbourne and we haven't been in that situation for a long time. So the rest of your game gets challenged and, and it's pretty hard to put together if you don't get the base elements of footy right. So we were better in that on the weekend, and you know we we believe that like two weeks ago was an outlier, and we'll but our football needs to. I can say whatever I like to you right now. The football needs to uh, be representative of our intent, and and so I can say everything or anything right now. But it, it doesn't count. The only thing that counts is action. So we're looking forward to you know getting our hands dirty and and seeing how we go. Most teams would go through some sort of form slump between round one and round twenty three. Yeah, is it a silver lining that this is happening now and not? A week or two before the finals. Um, I don't know. Let's let's wait until we get to the end of you know maybe in a month's time, and you look back, you might be able to reflect and and know where you're at and what it's meant and and where it's going to take you. But look, none of us are Nostradamus. We uh, you know we like to think that we know what the we're going into the Hawthorne game. I think we were a dollar forty and 
and Hawth, like looking at a betting from a betting thing. We're a dollar forty, and can't and believe you even know went, what the odds I went are. There. No, I just I just glanced at it and thought, wow, that's so. So the the odds were saying dollar forty to two seventy, I think. And yep. I'm not a betting man, but so basically the the general opinion was that we were twice as likely to beat Hawthorne than they were to beat us, and they sh- should have beaten West Coast the week before. Yep, um, had been playing some pretty good footy, even though they hadn't won. We'd just come off a shellacking, and maybe that was maybe that was one of the the, the bounce back idea was there, um, and the and and the recent our history like against Hawthorne is not great. You know, we've um, one of one of twelve games since in my in my time my tenure as a coach. So, um, we we should have won that game. We should have closed it out in the last fifteen minutes. We put ourselves in a winning position, but we weren't able to close it out. And um, yeah, that's that smarts a little bit, but it's done. We we um, we've we've looked at it. Um, yeah, we we can still play much better footy than we did on the weekend as well. But form, whatever you want to call it, confidence, belief, you know, it's it's all it's fleeting. You know, either up or down, it's it's fleeting. The only thing that matters is demonstration and and action. And action. So we you know, we're looking forward to playing on Friday. Ask you about a few players before I let you go. Um, has the loss of Jaden Stevenson take away the issue, but mm. purely football, has that been significant for you? Oh, I think it has an impact. Mm. Um, but we, I mean, we have injury concerns the same way as every other side, and that's why you have a list of forty-five, and you don't just have twenty-two blokes. Um, we've um, we've dealt with it over the last couple of years. We have dealt with personnel changes really well. Um, We've lost a couple of games of football, so does that mean that, we, that that's a personnel issue? That I don't think it is. I, like we've got we've got enough players on the park to be able to execute what we want. We just haven't been able to execute it. Um, you know, two weeks ago in the main. Um, so yeah, we we've got a we like you're going to be challenged every time. Every time you front up on a football field, you're challenged. And I, and I think you know what maybe the last couple of weeks shows is how consistent we have been over the last eighteen months. So the last two weeks says okay, um, yeah, that we we haven't we haven't played as good a footy and we haven't won, mm. but we we haven't we didn't play. So the Bulldogs win three weeks ago. That's it stacks up pretty good, pretty well now. When you look at the, their, the cats. their Port win and the Cats win, and the first half of that game, I thought we played. As I said in the press, we, we played poorly. There was a, some elements that we really focused in coming out of the bye that we did not go anywhere near executing in that first half. But we did enough to win the game of footy in the second half. So against a side who, you know, maybe one of the form teams in the comp right now. So we don't, we, we're not, um, we're not falling for any of the, the, the catastrophizing, I suppose. And yeah, in the end, it's what people think is irrelevant. What we think is crucial. Um, and we just, you know, we're looking forward to getting our hands dirty and getting to work. Jeremy Howe, is he a chance this week? He's uh, a chance, but he's unlikely. Would the hardness of the ground have anything to do with that? No, probably whether he's ready to play or not. We, we, I suppose if you if you're ready, you're ready. If you're not, you're not. So um, you know, we we continue to make the right decisions for each of our individuals, and it's no use bringing blokes back if the if the risk is too great, and then you lose them for another you yep. know three four weeks. So soft tissue where you know our, our guys have um, have done pretty well over over the last couple of years, and um, most of our yeah, most of our injuries have been impact injuries, but um, yeah, and we've we've brought our soft tissue stuff right down 
um, after the sort of three or four years prior to that. Uh, and our and our, our players are responding to the program as as it's set. But yeah, when Howie's ready, he'll play. Does Mason Cox need time at a lower level to get some of his confidence back? Um, there's an argument for that, but yeah, you know, we we will believe that Coxie's capable of finding better. You know, he's he's been a bit like us. He hasn't performed at his best, but mm. yeah, you know, I think we you've you always. You're treading that fine line between, you know, this week versus in a month's time. You know, what's the best decision for the team first and foremost? But, you know, what um, what honours selection across your, your group? Because you, you need to – the players are toiling away in the VFL and, and are working for their opportunity to come and contribute at, at AFL level. They need to believe that they're going to be rewarded for their for their efforts. But there simply are some times when you cannot replace a player at the top without completely undermining your structure. Yep. Um, and this may be one of those occasions. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, Coxie's had some lean patches before, but has but has bounced back pretty well. He's he's a he's 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 still like out of sixteen one on ones he's been in the last month. He's he's won seven. He's He's the leading, the leading one-on-one player in the competition over last month statistically. Now your eyes wouldn't tell you that at all, but that's mm. what that's the facts. So you're sticking with him. Yeah. Um, Jordan Dugowie found himself uh, fined for something that I dare say the vast majority of our listeners would have done. I've certainly done it. I've been caught doing it, looking at your phone. Um, is that something that at all has to be addressed internally, or it's it happens. It's dealt with by Victoria Police. We move on. We haven't. We didn't address it yesterday. Yep. We had other things to do, but it has been addressed. Yeah, um, this is where an experienced uh, director of footy comes in handy. While she would have, uh, oh, I know he has had a conversation with Geordie, but in the end, it's a yeah. This is um, silly mistake. Pull your head in. Avoid it. But as you said, the the yeah you know, throw the, yeah, those that live in glass houses shouldn't shouldn't throw stones. No, I've, in, I've done it uh, oh, well, plenty of times, and and I shouldn't. And we don't uh, yeah, and 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 we're on air, and we've got kids that are at school holidays that are listening. Don't do it. No, when you're horrible. on your yep. phone, you're driving blind. So um, and um, yeah. So I think in the end, it's just one of those things. To go okay, well, so is it because it's Jordan Dugowie and because he's an AFL footballer? And because he plays at Collingwood, does that make it worse what he did than what you know Joe Joe Bloggs would? No, no, it doesn't done? make no, it worse. It, it just makes it more public. It does, and yep. it's public. And and I suppose in the end, if Geordie was asked, he'd say, "Yeah, silly mistake, shouldn't have been on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll pay the price." Um, and that's that's what he's done. So we move on. And just last one before I let you go, how's Dane Beams? Yeah, Beams. He's um, haven't had any contact with him. Um, in in the last week or so, um, yeah. As I said, he when when he's getting away, he's getting away, and um, so he's not he's not at the club. So he'll do his rehab because he's had surgery, hasn't he? Yes, yeah, so he'll yeah, do his he rehab away from the club. Surgery. Yeah, and, and he's and he's yeah he's battling away on that physical front mm. um, to do that. But yeah, you know, we um, we got yeah you know, points of contact at the at the footy club that that are staying in touch with him and making sure that you know that we're providing him as much support as we possibly can because. And whilst football clubs are there to you know, win games of footy, 
what I've learned more and more in my time is that is that the club needs to become a safe place for everyone, that, that there is a lot of scrutiny, that there is a lot of judgment and expectation that takes place. And clearly we have a hope that our individuals grow and that they contribute and that they shine in, 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 in their endeavours and that they're bringing their strengths to the table, they're bringing their talents to the table. But not everyone is thriving all the time. So the, envi- the club environment needs to be a safe place, it needs to be a place that, that at times they can retreat to, you know, to, to, feel, um, to feel seen, to feel engaged, to feel supported, um, to feel trusted and relied upon and leaned on. Um, and I think that that's, um, that's part of our responsibility for everyone, whether, whether they're going really well um, or whether they're struggling, we just need to continue to support our people. So that's, that's one of our real strong focuses. Good to see you. Thanks for Cheers. coming in. Thanks, Samuel.